Well, happy Sunday. Thank you so much for being here. For those watching and listening online, for those in the room, we want to say thank you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to those men in the room, those watching and listening online. And, and just so my cards on the table, this message is geared for you. We need you. We need men in our culture. We need Christ-centered men leading in the home, leading in business, leading in the church. We need you. And so if you think about it today, we're wrapping up this series called Solomon Says. Solomon has provided his son a collection of wise sayings. So something that he can look back on as he begins to lead the people. As he begins not only to lead his life, but to lead the people. He's wanting him to know that his wisdom comes from God. And, and this is how he gets his wisdom. Notice what happens. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, a couple of things. Solomon has lost his dad, King David. Now he is becoming king. Notice that God didn't say, ask for whatever you need me to give you. He says, ask whatever you want me to give you. He could have asked for anything. And notice what he says. You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, my Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Notice this. Watch this humility. But I am only a little child, not in age, but in experience, and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So God, this is what I'm asking. I'm asking that you will provide me a servant, your servant, a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern or rule this great people of yours? He says, God, I can't do this without you. I cannot do this without you. I know my dad was a man after your heart, I know that I cannot do this. I cannot lead. I cannot govern. I cannot rule without you. So the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life, not for wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. So there will be Never be anyone like you, nor there will ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as, your, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. You know the things you didn't ask for? That most people would have asked for? I'm going to give you those because you asked for the wisest thing. You asked for the the most important thing, and that was gaining wisdom from me. As a king, he would have to distinguish between right and wrong. As a king, he would put people to death. It was a huge weight on any king's shoulders. And so he said, God, I can't do this without you. I need to have a discerning heart to administer justice. And so his wisdom, listen, if it came from God, 
It's important to remember that God is timeless. God is eternal. God is transcendent of time. God is not affected by time like we are affected by time. His word is timeless. So what Solomon wrote then is helpful, relevant, and applicable today. And so today we're going to see where to find approval. In their book, The Gift of Honor, Gary Smalley and John Trent shared the story of Keith Hernandez. Now, Keith was one of baseball's top players without a place in the Hall of Fame. Now, for non-baseball fans in the room and those watching, he's best known as one of Elaine's boyfriends who becomes Jerry's pal on the hit show Seinfeld. Now, back to reality, Keith is a lifetime 300 hitter who has won numerous Golden Glove awards for excellence in fielding the baseball. He's won a batting average title. He's won the most valuable player award in his league, and he's even won the World Series. Yet with all of those accomplishments, he has missed out on something crucially important to him, his father's acceptance and recognition that what he has accomplished is valuable. Now listen to what he has said in a candid interview about his relationship with his dad. One day Keith asked his father, Dad, I had a lifetime 300 batting average. What more do you want? His father replied, but someday you're going to look back and say I could have done more. And it leads me to ask this question. Have you ever cared that much about somebody else's approval or what they thought of you? Have you ever cared that much about somebody else's approval or what they thought of you? And the truth is that everybody cares about somebody's approval. No matter who you are, no matter who we are, we care. Somebody's approval matters. You care about what they think. Their evaluation matters to you. Maybe it motivates you. For some of us, we've seeking approval has been going on our entire lives. Perhaps when we were kids, it started out, we wanted mom and dad's attention. We wanted mom and mom's and dad's affection and approval. Or maybe it was a stepmom or a stepdad, or maybe it was a grandmother, or maybe it was somebody in that category. Their opinions mattered more than anyone else's. And then you started growing up. And then it became a group of friends. And then it became a, maybe a teacher or maybe a coach. Or maybe that was that cute boy or cute girl. Their opinions became very important to you. In fact, their opinions matter more than anyone else's, including your parents. You care about what they thought. Maybe for some of us, we did some really crazy things in high school and college that we would not want our kids to even know about. But we did those things to impress. We did those things to receive approval. We did those things so that people could see us. And even though we may think that we've grown out of it, guys, we experienced this. Like, not to be funny, but during camp, kids ask me why I wear a rash guard at the pool. And I jokingly tell them that the only person that gets to see my farmer's tan is my wife. Now, now perhaps for you, I'm just being funny, but maybe for you, it's working in a competitive field or a competitive industry or a competitive office. Numbers matter. And when the monthly report comes out, you want people to see how you're doing. Maybe you are trying to become partner one day. Or maybe you're trying to receive a promotion. And you've done everything you can to show them that you deserve that. 
You do everything you can to make an impression so that you can receive that promotion. Maybe it's a friend group, or maybe you want to be able to hang out with this particular person. And then you become really tired of people beginning to compare where they've gone to vacation or what they've been able to do. And so then you begin to make up some things because you want to be part of that group. You want to be a friend with that person. It may be social media. And although some of us use it for work, for some of us it's where we find acceptance and approval. The paradox is, listen, maybe you didn't know this, the cat's going to be out of the bag. The paradox is that we are being fed what we want to hear. Social media is geared to feed you what you want to hear. I love what Jeff Orlowski writes. He says, we'll unwittingly submit ourselves to a devil's bargain. We'll freely trade our subconscious preferences for memes, our social cohesion for instant connection, and the truth for what we want to hear. He writes, as our time online has gone up, so have anxiety, depression, and suicide rates, particularly among youth. And this is where we need dads. Because listen, desiring approval is not a bad thing. Desiring approval is a very natural thing. The, the issue becomes where we seek that out. It becomes the way we seek that out. And sometimes when we're longing for approval, we're longing for acceptance, we're willing to take some shortcuts. We're willing to compromise. We're willing to cheat. We're willing to skew the truth. And the truth is that it's not a 21st century problem. Listen, this is a human sin problem. This is something that impacts you. It impacts me. Now, here's what Solomon says this is he's filled with the wisdom from God. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So let's look at the first half of the verse. The fear of man will prove to be a sneer. The word fear means to tremble before somebody. It's a fear that can be played out also by caring what people think. When we give this enough attention, it becomes a trap or a snare. The word snare means to entangle the unwary, which means those not paying attention, those that are not cautious. So here's how it becomes a trap. It's about control. When you give somebody control, you're giving them a foothold of influence in your life. For example, when we care what someone thinks of us because we want their approval, it's giving them control over us. That person gets a measure of influence in your decision making. In your perspective, in your opinions, in your thoughts, in your words, and in your actions. And there are times where we find ourselves caught between desperately seeking approval and violating our conscience. As followers of Jesus, we find ourselves caught in the middle of either following his will or finding the approval of others. How many times have we felt ourselves caught between our boss's approval and time with our kids? Or maybe our spouse's approval and the right conversation that we need to have at the time. How about what we think of what a friend thinks about us 
or the right decision we need to make. Or perhaps it's social media's approval and Jesus' calling in our lives. See, in that moment, you realize I can't have both. That's the trap. When you recognize you can't have both, that's the trap. So now let's pivot and look forward to the second part of the verse. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. Remember, that was the first part. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Solomon says that our solution is to trust in the Lord. Now, Solomon uses God's personal covenantal name, Yahweh or Jehovah, which is Lord, all capitalized in the Old Testament. Solomon says that when we trust in the Lord, we are kept safe from the trap. We are kept safe from the snare. So Solomon uses the word trust here as well as in Proverbs 3. Many of us who grew up in church, I think we're used to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think many of us could quote it. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths yeah, straight. Solomon says the way we avoid the trap of seeking approval is to trust in God. Now the word trust is the Hebrew batuk. And batuk means this. To feel secure, and I love this, and to be unconcerned. To be unconcerned. So Solomon is saying in so many words, find your security in God who is in this covenantal relationship with you so that you're not concerned about seeking approval from others. Man, I love that. God, our Heavenly Father, is not looking at leaving the relationship He has with you. It's a relationship He initiated when you were at your worst, when I was at my worst, a sinner without the hope of the good news that God desires a relationship with you and me. And our security, it's found in the scriptures. We are loved by God. We are being changed by God. We are being set free from the power of sin. And we are adopted in God's family as a son or daughter. Listen, listen. And what he says about us holds more weight than anyone else could say to us. He's the only one that had a rescue plan, which was to die in your place, to die in my place. Who else whose approval we're seeking is willing to do that for you and me? I mean, sure, there are people who are seeking approval, and it feels really great when they give it to you. But God has a plan and an approval that he wants to give you. And his matters a whole lot more. The key is for all of us to elevate his approval higher than the approval from others. See, seeking his approval is the only one that doesn't have you falling into a trap. Seeking his approval is the only one that doesn't have you falling into a trap. Have you ever noticed that a really secure person almost feels seems kind of immune to gossip or criticism. Like you hear somebody talking about them and they're like, ah, okay, there's no big deal because they know who they are. They're going, to, they're going to bed at peace. They're falling asleep at night at peace because they know they've done nothing wrong. They've done everything King Jesus has wanted them to do that day. They're not afraid of what other people are saying about them because they're secure in God. Have you ever noticed 
that a really content person seems to be very immune to greed. They're not taking financial shortcuts. They're not cheating. They're not looking into bribery. They're like, no, I'm good. Solomon is saying that something will happen inside of you when you receive the approval of God. And when we begin to elevate his approval, what he says about us above anyone else, we will begin to be immunized ourselves from what other people think about us. So here's an example that most men in the room, those watching and listening online can relate to. When you find that your boss or your work is keeping you away from your kids in crucial times when you need to be home, but you need their approval, that's a snare, that's a trap. The, the solution is to find our security in God because listen, God gave us our kids as a stewardship. He gave you them to invest in them. We really Listen, have the first 10 years of their life in which we have the loudest voice. And then it becomes less and less. God wants you and I to prioritize them. Listen, our boss's approval is important, and it is. But God's approval matters more. His opinion, his plan for our life is more important. And Solomon would say that we're safe from the snare. So allow me to quickly address the men in the room. One of the greatest stories in the Bible is when God the Father provides Jesus a word that got him through 40 days of testing in the wilderness. Imagine if our kids begin to hear from us along with reiterating how God sees them. It's likely that they don't go looking for approval, acceptance, and attention from others and fall into that snare or trap. I love this. God the Father speaking to his son. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. God the Father is reminding God the Son of his identity. It's the Son. It's just as important to our kids because, listen, as dads, we provide identity to our kids. We need to establish the identity of our kids by letting them know where their identity is found. We do a couple of things. One, we constantly remind them who they are. We, we say things like, you are my son or daughter, a gift to mom and I from God, our Heavenly Father. Or maybe you say, you are loved by God, our Heavenly Father, and he has a purpose for you. We're constantly reminding them of who they are will never change. We're saying things like this, you are my son or daughter, and that's never going to change. We say things like, you are always loved by God, our Heavenly Father. We constantly remind them who they are is connected to your identity. You say things like this, you have our qualities. We see them in you. You have been given qualities from God, our Heavenly Father, to use for his good. Guys, dads in the room, it's so important. Identity comes from you. That means it's important that we spend time with our kids. And it's not that we're in the same room with them and they're on their device and we're on our device. It is putting those things down and we are talking with them. 
We are listening to them, and then we are directing them, and we are helping them. That's so important. Because, listen, more things are caught than taught. So a couple of questions to think about as we head out today. Whose approval has become a snare or a trap for you? Who really controls outcomes? And then, what would it look like to find your security in God so you're not concerned with seeking the approval of others? Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're incredibly thankful that Matthew recorded this account. I ask that you would remind us of this account, that you gave your son identity. God, I pray that the men in this room, single moms in this room, would be able to give their kids identity. I ask for those who are single moms that they would be able to have their kids influenced by godly men in their lives who would continue to reinforce that they are made in your image. They are loved by you. You want a relationship with them and you have a purpose for them. Father, I ask that all of us would lean into that. I ask for those who are looking for a promotion, those who are looking to get in a relationship, those who are just trying to seek someone else's approval. I ask that that would all be something they give up on and they would trust in you. They would seek your approval. God, I ask that you would break us. And Father, we would approach you with humility. In Jesus' name. Amen.